Hello, my friends. How are you today? You're listening to the St. Mark Bemidji Sunday Edition podcast. This podcast features a replay of our Sunday sermon, or on occasion, a sermon from another Well Sister Church. If you enjoy what you're hearing today, you might also enjoy our weekday devotions, which you will automatically get if you subscribe to this podcast. Additionally, you might consider sharing with a friend. Every podcast has a share link in its description, which can be found in the same podcast app that you're listening to. You can also, if you're watching on YouTube, click the little notify bell, and you'll be notified the minute I post a new podcast. If you have any questions, drop me a line at john.kirk at stmarksbemidji.org. Before we get started today, I want to encourage you to check out our YouTube channel if you're not already there. Sunday, the 20th streams replay specifically. The sermon hymn, which starts right around the 27-minute mark, is just a beautiful medley of our choir, our brass quintet, the organist, and the congregation singing The Church as One Foundation. Today's sermon is titled, Stand Firm, and is based on Luke chapter 21, verse 5 through 19. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, As for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, When will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, Watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name, claiming, I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, pestilences in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and put you in prison, and you will be brought before kings and governors, and all on account of my name. And so you will bear testimony to me. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves, for I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm, and you will win life. Now let's join Pastor Zamzo for this week's sermon. What sorts of things do we place our confidence in in life? And by that, I mean, what types of things do we stake our identity to? You see how one follows the other? If you're confident in something, if you're clinging to something, then you stake your identity on it. You want to be associated with that thing, whether it's a a hobby or a job or even maybe a possession, I suppose, or a family? What sorts and types of things do we place our confidence in and stake our identity to? Or maybe to turn it around, what things would make you shudder and buckle at the knees if it was taken from you? 
or are just outright destroyed? What things do we fear to lose in that way? What things in our lives do we look at how the disciples looked at that temple? What types of temples do we have in our life? What sorts of things are seemingly standing firm in our lives? Lots of questions there, but it's important to think about these types of things because we have a monster of a gospel text in front of us this morning. Huge section of Scripture. Jesus speaks at length about all of this stuff, about all the things that people hold dear, things that people put their confidence in, people, uh, things that people find their solace in, that they stake their identity on because they're standing firm. Jesus speaks at length about the end of all this stuff and the revealing of who we really are. Thinking of it like burning away the chaff to reveal what really holds, to reveal what really is standing firm. Jesus has an object lesson presented to him with the disciples. They're standing there in the city street and they're looking up at this temple and the massive stones and the craftsmanship uh, that was used to place these things on top of one another and the precious jewels that have been used as they're set into place. And the disciples, they're Jewish. So they see this place as the, the, rock, the, the bedrock of their identity. This temple, this is the one place that God said, if you worship the one true God, that's where you worship. That's where you go. Nowhere else. It was part and parcel to who they were as people. It was a sign of divine favor, even if you will. The sign of God's presence and His dwelling with His people. And it seemed unmovable. It seemed unchanging. Yet the Lord Jesus here in this moment tells them not a single stone will be left standing on top of one another. It will all be gone. What a terrifying prospect. Jesus essentially, is Jesus essentially talking to them about God ripping the spiritual rug out from underneath them? Here's something that made them quake with fear. Here's something that made them buckle at the knees. When is this going to happen? I mean, if somebody threatened you or I or the things that we love or the things that we put our confidence in in life, if somebody said it's going to be destroyed, it's going to be gone, it's going to be taken away, we would ask the exact same question they did, right? When? How long? What's the sign? Tell me when so I can brace myself for the shock or for the impact. Is that what Jesus is getting at when he is, tells them at the end, stand firm? Is that what's behind these words? Well, not quite. Jesus doesn't say this to make his disciples squirm. Jesus doesn't say these things to impress them or inadvertently us with his divine knowledge of what's going to happen at the end of the world. Notice how the Lord doesn't answer their question right away. They're like, when is this going to happen? When is this all coming down? 
And the Lord says, Watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name, claiming, I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. Jesus says that many will come in my name. There will be many that come and claim to have an answer. Many will come and claim to have an answer as to when and how best to brace yourself, how to prepare. Many will say this stuff. Why many? Well, because everybody's obsessed with it, whether they know it or not, believer or unbeliever. I think most people in here are old enough to remember Y2K, right? I remember when I was, uh, I was 14, um, or I was about to be 14, I was 13 at the time, and I called up my friend and I was like, hey, we're having a little New Year's party at my house, want to come over? And his response to me was, no, my mom wants us all to be together as a family tonight, we got bottled water and dry, freeze-dried food in the basement. How pointless was all that, right? And, and and maybe, maybe some of you, I'm sorry to make you feel bad, but maybe some of you did that sort of thing. Well, why? Why make those preparations? Because we're afraid of the temple of technology crashing down? We're afraid to lose something? We're in fear of, uh, in fear and uncertainty about what might, the next day might bring? I mean, come on. It's the same thing virtually every single day when you turn on the TV and you turn on the news. I don't care what channel you watch. It's all the same laundry list of things that Jesus drops, uh, drops out in this text here. Never is there a primetime news spot about how good of a day Farmer Joe had out in the pasture. It doesn't happen. It all plays up on fear. It's all nation rising against nation, famine, war, natural disasters of every kind, um, natural uh, occurrences like eclipses, unexplainable things in nature. All these things that make us sit back and wonder and worry, is it all coming down around my ears? Is this the end of all things? It's frightful. And these media outlets play up on our fears. Shake, uh, make our confidence shake in the things that we believe are immovable. These things in our life that seem to stand firm. And I guess since we're on it, might as well go deeper. Jumping down this rabbit hole. The Lord goes farther than just talking about this temple coming down or these institutions in our life that we seem so immovable. Rather, He goes farther than that. He says, that persecution will come even from friends and family and those that love, that we love. All will hate us on account of Him. How's that for the things that we place our confidence in? He tells us that we'll be hauled in front of, uh, um, whether it be friends or family members, even in some cases judges, and called to account for the things that we believe in. And our reputation. Things that we hold near and dear to us. Our reputation might be tarnished, shattered. The temple of our reputation might come crashing down. Or if we have loved ones in our families that, that persecute us for the things that we believe. 
the temple of our families coming down, maybe some of our own children. We tie our identity to our families and to our reputations. They're like, you can't see them, but they're like temples in our life. And yet the Lord says all will hate His disciples on account of Him. And when we think about that, it makes us want to ask the question, how long? How long before you're coming back, Lord? When are we going to see this? When will this happen? How can I brace myself for it? How can I quote-unquote stand firm against it? And really... What Jesus is doing here, we need to pay careful attention to. Because as Jesus points out the destruction of the temple, and he points out the destruction of things that all people hold dear, he's showing that it's more than just that physical stuff that's coming down. Rather, that all things in time will fail and falter. But as Jesus speaks, do you catch his tone? I know it's kind of hard to catch somebody's tone of voice with words off a page, but there's a couple of key phrases that we need to clue in on here. Because Jesus is not playing up on our fear. He's not like talking like the evening news. Well, you better go build a bunker and free, uh, get some bottled water and freeze-dried food and store it up. There. That's not His point. That's not why He says any of this. Here's some of the key things that I want you to to take away from these words of Jesus. He says, make up your mind not to worry. Not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourself. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. And in the last few verses for today, and from which we get our sermon title, everyone will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm, and you will win life. The tone that Jesus has here, as He speaks, is not build a bunker and and stockpile food and water. His tone here is not, oh, it's time to hang your head and kind of, you know, ho-hum, here it goes. Hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. That's not his point at all. Jesus is saying here, as you watch these things in your life, are you going to see this stuff fail and fall? Yes. Are those you love going to persecute you and come against you? Yes. Will maybe your reputation uh, because you are a Christian be tarnished? Yes, absolutely. While it might be the end of all the things that we hold dear and cling to, put our confidence in, or see us standing firm in our life, while all that might be falling into shambles and ruins and one stone might not be left on top of each other, while it's the end of all that, guess what? This is not your end. This is not your end. Yeah, there's fear in the world all around, but this is actually good news for you. This is the time for you to stand up straight. Straighten the spine. Keep your chin up. Stand firm. It makes us, it causes us to remember what we're actually looking for and who we really are. Don't worry. Not a hair of your head will perish. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
in the fiery furnace, not a single hair of their head was singed. Jesus says the same was true of you. And what the Lord Jesus is doing here is offering you and I a call to trust. In other words, all these things that we hang our hat on, all these things that we place our confidence in, they very well might and will eventually fall apart, falter, and fail, and perish. But remember Him. Put your trust in Him. Because it's in Him that you stand firm. When the temples of our lives are crashing down and falling into ruin, it's in Him that we stand firm. When the world falls into chaos and we watch spiritual depravity just run amok over our country, where is your identity? Whether an election cycle goes in our favor or an election cycle does not go in our favor, it does not determine who you and I really are. All those things are quicksand. We stand firm in Christ. And here's speaking of some of that wisdom that Jesus promised us. I can't help but think of the words of Ecclesiastes, uh, excuse me, the words of King Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. I love these words. When the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark, and the clouds return again after the rain, when the sound of the daily grind begins to fade, and people rise to sing, and all their songs grow faint. When desire fades and when there's trouble in the streets and even the locust drags himself across the ground, remember him. When the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken at the well, remember him. All these things that we stake our health and, well, uh, health and wealth and well-being and identity, all these things that seemingly stand firm in our lives that we put our confidence in. When they come falling down, we need not ask how long, we need not worry or fear, for your identity is found in Him and in things that can never be taken away. Your identity is written with letters only visible by the Holy Spirit. Child of God on your forehead because of the waters of baptism that can never be taken from you. Your identity and your citizenship in eternity is not something that's stamped with an ink stamp here in this world that will eventually be taken over or, or lost. It's written in the blood of Christ in the nail prints, carved in the nail prints of His hands, which are forever in heaven. That's your identity. That's who you are. And those things can never be taken away. They can never pass away. They can never fail. They are, can never falter because they are not of this world. And no power in this world can remove them from you and Satan certainly cannot take them from you. You know, it's kind of funny. I always get repeated requests for Bible studies on the book of Revelation. Why? Well, it's because it's full of this end times imagery and the, and the fantastic visions that the Lord gave St. John. And people want to know if there's some secret knowledge to be found out or there's some specific sign to watch for that will let us know when Jesus will, is coming back so that we're alerted. But in reality, what do you need to do? How about look out the window? Turn on the news. 
The world is covered in sin and all the stuff that's going on around us in the world around us is the things that John describes in Revelation, albeit in different terms. It's exactly what's going on. The temples of the earth falling apart. All the things in this life we place and stake our confidence on, natural disasters and fear all around, Jesus says these things must happen before the end. We might want to ask, when's He coming? When's the Lord coming back? What's He say? Soon. And that's all we need to know. Soon. Not get wrapped up in fear. Not worry. Not stake our identity on any one thing in this life. Straighten the spine. Keep your chin up. Stand firm. Be of good cheer. Because your identity and mine is found in Him. And there is nothing that can rob you of the heaven that God's Son for you won when His life was given. That stands firm forever. And you stand in it. Amen. That's all there is for today. But we are so happy you took a few moments out of your busy day to listen to God's Word with us. Please consider subscribing to our podcast to hear more devotions like this, Monday through Friday, and to hear our Sunday sermons as well. We also cordially invite you to join us for church every week at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website at www.stmarksbemidji.org.